Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and we're continuing on in a series we're doing at the podcast on marriage. So, so far, we've talked about God's design and our role as women, loving our husbands, respecting our husbands, and today we are wrapping up part two of a two-part teaching in the series on submission. So last week, I was so thrilled because you all got to meet my husband, Doug, and he joined us to work through the theology of submission. And today I'm going to work through a bit more practically, because you know me, what submission is and what it isn't. And I so loved having my husband on and um, it took us a little bit to get comfortable, but it was really fun to do that with him. And we'd love to do something like that again in the future. Don't know what that would be. So if you have an idea on what you'd like for an old married couple to, to do here on the podcast, please shoot me a note. And I'm so easy to access at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. So just another quick note here before we dig in today. I want to state that I know that I have singles and young women here, and I want you to listen closely as this message pertains to you too. First off, there are some basic biblical principles of mission to one another that you're going to draw from it, that we all are drawing from it. And secondly, it will benefit the ears of our young women that are to be married one day. And to all of our ladies out there who are single, you still have opportunities the Lord gives you in whatever seasons you're in in your life to pour into women who are married. So it's really important that you understand fully the teachings of the Word of God. You may have a married friend who has a misunderstanding of what submission is, and you could gently point her to truths laid out in the Scripture. So let's dig in today. So you see, when we are living out this beautiful doctrine of submission to the unbelieving world, they're going to take notice. They're going to see wives respecting and loving their husbands. They're going to see peace and joy in our homes. They're going to see wives who talk about their husbands with honor and respect, wives who look to their husbands for guidance and leadership, and are true helpers that come alongside them in the advancement of God's kingdom. They are going to see marriages filled with genuine love and affection for one another. So my hope today in our time together is to give you the practical application in our everyday lives of what submission in marriage looks like and what it doesn't look like. And please know that what I'm sharing with you, it does not mean that I have this area of my life mastered. I have no area of my life mastered. (laughs) I am here with you learning and I am continue to learn And God continues by his grace to teach me much. So let's pray that with the Lord's help, we can all be more obedient to God's ways and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. So before I get into what it looks like, I want to tackle the misconceptions of what submission is not, all right? (laughs) So I'm going to share with you some areas that are commonly misunderstood in the area of submission in marriage. So what is it isn't basically, all right? 
All right. First off, submission does not mean putting your husband in God's place. Colossians 1.8 tells us, and he, referencing Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Christ always must hold first place in our lives. And when he doesn't, we've made an idol out of whatever does. And idolatry is sin. So if your husband is in that place, you are in sin and you've made an idol out of him. Our marriages will not go well if we're putting our husband over our relationship with the Lord. We are submitting to our husbands as we do to every other human institution the Lord has placed over us with willing hearts, as it reminds us in 1 Peter 2.13. And this is for everybody. This is not for just Christian women. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Submission doesn't mean that men are more superior or more intelligent or more spiritual than women. It doesn't mean that women don't have opinions or we don't express those opinions. Submission is not brainless obedience. We are called to be our husband's helpmate, not his helpless mate. Ladies, you are your husband's helper, and he needs your input and ideas along with your prayers and encouragement and sometimes, yes, correction. We are all created in God's image, but men and women were created with different roles to fulfill. And when we are fulfilling them as is laid out in scripture, the watching world sees a beautiful picture of the gospel lived out in our marriages. And just a thought here, Jesus was more gifted than his parents in every way. Yet he submitted to them because submission isn't based on who is more qualified to be an authority, but it's based on obedience to what God has commanded us in scripture. Another one is submission does not mean we aren't to be studying God's word for ourselves. We need proper theology and understanding of God's word so we can live it out and so we can teach others. Proverbs 31.26 tells us she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God's word transforms our minds. We need to know it, We need to read it. We need to study it for ourselves, for our minds to be transformed. Okay, listening to preaching and teaching is so good, but that is not enough, ladies. You need to study the word of God for yourselves. Submission doesn't mean you don't use your gifts God has given you. God has gifted each of us in different ways, and using those gifts benefits the body. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So I think here the example of the our Proverbs 31 woman, right? It comes to mind here. She used her gifts, and God will give you opportunities to use the gifts he's given you as he desires. We all, men and women, should be using our gifts to the glory of God. 
Submission does not mean you follow your husband into sin. Our husbands are given authority over us in marriage, but our ultimate authority is God himself. You can humbly and gently correct sinful behavior in your husband. If we are in Christ, if your husband is in Christ too, we are brothers and sisters in the faith. So this would be no different than correcting another Christian brother or sister of sin in their lives that you see that is a concern. And I am not talking here about nitpicking every little sin because remember, love covers a multitude of sin. And I'm sure you would not want your husband pointing out every one of your sins <laughs> as you go about your day. But if there's a sinful pattern that is a concern for you and your marriage or your family or just for your husband, you must make a gentle plea for repentance and the hope of restoration. Submission does not mean we are submissive to all men. Ephesians 5.22 says, To your own husbands, as to the Lord. I know my husband talked about this too last week. Note, it doesn't say obey your husbands because this is a more intimate relationship. And again, last week we already addressed mutual submission to one another. We are still, as Christians, to show honor and respect and submit to all men and women as well. So submission does not give a husband the right to abuse, to disrespect, or to dominate his wife. It does not give him, submission is not to be forced by a husband. I love my husband handled that last week. If you are in a relationship that is physically abusive, you need to seek help from the proper authorities and your church leadership. Your church elders are there for you. Again, I get in my soapbox here. This is so why you need to be part of a fellowship because that body of believers, you are there to spur one another on, to encourage one another, and to be there for one another in these difficult situations. Submission does not denote weakness. It takes great strength of character and wisdom for a woman to voluntarily place herself under the headship of her husband. Submission is not a burden. Rather, submission is a God-given privilege and a necessity in order that homes run smoothly. Listen, a woman can take on that martyr type of stance. This wife, she may become a complainer, a troublemaker, and she's going to be very disruptive to her household if this is the attitude that, that she is taking. She would have a poor me attitude and would be a poor testimony of her Christian faith. That is not godly submission, all right? Submission is not a burden. I'm going to restate that. Submission does not mean that we don't try and influence our husbands, and specifically even in spiritual matters. Let me, Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the fainthearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. This verse helps us to see that there are God-given ways to influence our husbands and others. Okay, submission does not mean that we agree with our husbands on everything. We talked about this in the episode on respect, and we're going to dig um, into this one a bit more and what submission is. But God made us with minds to think. We are not robots, and we have ideas and thoughts too. And again, submission is a matter of the heart. All right? And 
always, ladies here, listen, I'm talking to the wives here because this is what my blog and podcast is directed to. It's directed to Christian women, right? But even one for us to remember here, when we're in a position of leadership, because maybe maybe you're in a leadership position on your women's ministry at church or wherever, you know, an organization even outside of your church. Listen, good leaders are open to the opinions of others. Good leaders can say, I was wrong and you were right. All right, so I stated this earlier, but here, submission is not to be forced on by our husbands. That's not biblical submission. We are not commanded to be obedient to our husbands like a child to our parents, but we're to willingly submit to their authority. And who's our perfect example of this? Christ. Jesus perfectly submitted his will to the Father's will. When God asks us to submit to the God-given male authority over us, he is asking us to be like Jesus. Just as in the Trinity there is equal value, but there is also order and submission. When we are joyfully and willingly submitting to the leadership of our husbands as the Lord calls us, we are reflecting the heart of the gospel. Jesus Christ willingly placed himself under his Father's authority and obeyed the will of his Father. A point I want you to remember always as we're talking about this is first and foremost, submission is a matter of the heart. And my husband said it, it is humility, ladies. It is the character trait of humility within us. That is so important. All right, I'm going to give you a list that really convicted me, and I don't want to be convicted alone, so I'm going to share this with you. So Martha Peace gave some examples of how we as wives are not submissive. And this was, as I said, very convicting to me, and I want to share the list with you. If you have the book, The Excellent Wife, it's in chapter 13, so I don't want you to miss out on this. <laughs> she gives Bible verses after each example in the book, but I'm just going to read the list off, and I'll put the verses in the show notes next to this list. So here are some examples of ways that we as wives are not submissive. She does things that are annoying to her husband. She does not discipline the children as she should, even when her husband asks her. She argues or gives him the cold shoulder when she doesn't get her way. She is more loyal to others than to her husband. She does not stay within the limits of their financial budget. She corrects, interrupts, talks for her husband, and is too outspoken when others are around. She manipulates him to get her own way. She may do this by tears, nagging, begging, complaining, anger, or intimidation. She makes important decisions without consulting him. She directly defies his wishes. She worries about decisions and takes matters into her own hands. She does not pay attention to what he says. Okay, we have probably all failed in many of these areas that I've just shared, all right? But we need to remember, ladies, God's mercies are new every day, and today is a new day. And as we continue in learning together what submission is, may we ask the Lord to help us to be godly, submissive wives who bring honor and glory to the Lord in our marriages. So what is it here? So to give a one-line definition of submission, I would say submission is voluntarily placing myself under the authority of another person. And my Doug shared this so clearly in our time together last week on the theology of submission. 
We see this lived out in our military and at our places of employment without questions raised. But when it comes to submission to our husbands in our homes, the whole concept seems to come into question. And this should not be. And I think sometimes it is because we really have a misunderstanding of what it is and what it is a picture of and what it is representing. All right, so we talked, God has designed our homes and our roles, right? He's called me to be a keeper of my home and he's placed me under the protection and authority of my husband. And in Titus chapter two, the apostle Paul is examining each member of the household. And the verses that we as women are so familiar with, they lay out the responsibilities we're called to in order that the word of God may not be reviled. And I'm referring referring to Titus 2, chapter, um, chapter 2, sorry, verses 3 through 5. And when we say, in order that the word of God may not be reviled, the word reviled there in other translations is also translated as maligned, dishonored, slandered, and brought shame to. So the honor of God's word is at stake here. This is not about us, but it is about God being honored in our lives. Everything we do as Christians is to be rooted and motivated by who God is and what he has done for us. Everything we do is to be a picture of the world, uh, to the world of the character and ways of God. And that's what we're doing here. We're glorifying God here on this earth. We show the world what God is like and what spiritual realities are like. And our obedience to this authority God has placed over us in the home illustrates two important spiritual realities and relationships. First is this is the church's submission to Christ. We want to demonstrate and model in marriage what it is like for the church to submit to Christ as her Savior and Lord. And second, as we submit to God-ordained male authority, we reflect Christ's submission to his heavenly father. So remember, when we respond humbly to this male leadership in our homes, we demonstrate a noble submission to authority that reflects Christ's submission to God, his father. All right, I'm working on getting to what the submission is, but I wanted to give you some benefits of submission, all right? So scripture always refers to submission in a positive way, not a negative. Submission results in blessing because it is part of God's kingdom. When we're living in direct obedience to God's will, our lives will be characterized by righteousness and peace and joy. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. John 8, 32 tells you, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Submission promotes freedom, and it's liberating. When we submit to what God has called us to, that is where we find the true pathway of freedom. True freedom is found when it is in accord with God's purposes laid out for us in His Word. Listen, it takes humility to submit and a humble heart. And God's word tells us he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble in James 4, 6. God has one response to the humble, and that is the blessing of his grace. Submitting to our husbands positions us to be recipients of God's grace. I want to be a recipient of God's grace. All right, so let's look together now at the beauty of submission and some ways to live it out in our homes together. And again, this is not exhaustive, ladies, and um, I'm going to state it again, but I do pray that you'll take some time to study and work through this on your own. And I will put some good links in the show notes too. All right, so do you want to be beautiful, right? We all want to be beautiful and especially beautiful in God's eyes. But I'm not talking here about an outward beauty, but one that is inward of the heart. 
And in 1 Peter 3, 5, God's word tells us how the holy women beautified themselves by submitting to their own husbands. So is your husband an unbeliever? These passages in 1 Peter chapter 3 express how a submissive wife may soften her unbelieving husband's heart towards the gospel. Your submissive spirit is one of the most powerful evangelistic tools in your home, ladies. Instead of you nagging and complaining and criticizing and preaching to your husband, not very attractive characteristics, are they, huh? You should set a beautiful, godly example before him. Show him the power and the beauty of the gospel through its effect it has had on your own life. Humility, love, moral purity, kindness, and respect are the most powerful means that a woman has for winning her husband to the Lord. A submissive wife is a beautiful and powerful display of the gospel of Christ. And I know we chatted with my husband last week, and I want to go a little bit more for wives of unbelieving husbands here and open up this patches on submission. But don't close your ears if your husband is a believer because this really impacts all of us and we can all utilize this um, knowledge in these verses from 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. And I'm going to take us back a little further into 1 Peter chapter 2 also. So let me dig in here. Um, and again, I said I'm going to share resources in the show notes for you to do some study on your own, all right? So ladies, we all want to represent Christ well in, in all our relationships, but I know that you women who find yourself in a marriage to an unbeliever would love to see your husband one to Christ. So I know this is on your mind continually of how you can honor and respect and represent Christ well in your marriage. And I also know that you can find yourself as these verses, especially I think in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 13 that we're going to read here soon that you may find yourself alone in your marriage. Because Peter is referring to us in this book of 1 Peter as sojourners and exiles in a culture. And as he moves into chapter 3 in a marriage, even more so, you can find yourself as a sojourner or exile within your own marriage. This can be a difficult situation. And 1 Peter is a book that I pray that you will take the time to work through on your own. Because 1 Peter is a book written to those who are Christians and are sojourners and exiles in this world now that they've become Christians. So if we back up from 1 Peter 3 to those verses to I just shared to 1 Peter 2, 11 through 13, we see that as believers, we're called into submission to every human institution. So let me read these verses. So 1 Peter 2, 11 through 13, if you've got your Bibles handy and you're sitting somewhere and you could take a look at it. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. All right, we're urged to keep our conduct around the Gentiles, or that's referring to the unbelievers, as honorable with the hope that the Lord will save them one day. Listen, these unbelievers may criticize us for our godly lives. And this may be your own husband, lady, maybe the unbeliever that's initially criticizing you for your godly life. But I think so much here of Matthew 5, 16, where it says that we're to let our light shine so that may, they may see our good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. Listen, one day they may come to believe, right? I think and glorify God in the day of visitation there in verse 12. That's referring to... They may be believers one day, and they may be giving glory to God by the conduct that they saw in you. Okay, so there's much wisdom in these verses for all of us here. 
the word conduct in these verses in verse 12 is the same word that he uses that Peter uses in 1 Peter 3, 2. Her conduct is a way to win her husband. Let me read through 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. And I pray I'm not getting too confused. And I'm trying to work through this in a way that will make sense for you. And I do pray you'll go back and look and read these verses on your own, please. All right, so 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. All right, so one way her conduct is evident is that she is fearless, all right? And why is she fearless? Because her hope is in God. And that is an example that we all need to follow. All right, so what about when Peter says, without a word? Can someone be a Christian by just watching our behavior? So 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25 says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. It doesn't say it was like just acted out to you. It was preached to you. It was verbal. There were words used, all right? So because of Peter's words here, it's evident that her husband must have heard the gospel, the good news. But what it does mean, and what we talked about is just a bit ago, is she doesn't nag or keep pressing him on it, all right? But it doesn't mean she doesn't talk at all. And it doesn't mean she doesn't have opportunity to talk about the gospel with him and share the good news with him. But she's cautious with her words. Once her husband has heard the truth, he's heard the gospel, her conduct is going to be a big influence in their relationship and with how he sees Christianity. It tells us that she is respectful toward God and lives a life of purity. Christ is her supreme master over her husband, and she will not desire to do anything that does that doesn't please him. Her conduct will be honest and trustworthy and sexually pure and respectful and submissive towards her husband. And now we see those verses on outward adornment in there, all right? It doesn't mean she doesn't take care of herself on the exterior, but the concern should be more on how we look on the inside. Peter gives three negatives there here in her external beauty. He talks about not to be the braiding of the hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, and the clothing she wears. And we know he's not forbidding these things because she needs to wear clothing, all right? But the point here he's making is that the world can easily focus on outward beauty. I mean, that's what the world does, and it it does a pretty good job of that, all right? (laughs) But let's look at the positives now in verse 4 of 1 Peter 3. So we're looking at the hidden person of the heart, imperishable beauty, and a quiet and gentle spirit. Peter says, I love this, that such a spirit is precious in the sight of God. And let me state here, it's also precious in the sight of your husband. Listen, the world can cultivate outward beauty, but these things 
the world cannot cultivate. Only the Lord can bring about this inward beauty in the heart of a believer. If you're cultivating with the Lord imperishable beauty, it's going to manifest itself in your conduct towards your husband. This is not talking about your personality. It doesn't mean you speak in a whisper or you never speak. We all have different personalities and in different ways we speak and interact and do. That's not what's changing here, all right? But what a gentle and quiet spirit here means, it means your hope and your trust is in the Lord. You are fearless. The reality is beauty is going to fade as we age, but imperishable beauty, it never fades, but it grows more beautiful as we walk with the Lord and spend time with Jesus. Ladies, think about the most beautiful women you know in your life. They are the godly women whose hope is in God. Your testimony in the midst of trying and difficult circumstances, when your husband sees that your demeanor is tranquil and gentle, it's going to speak volumes to your husband about the God you serve because he's going to see that your hope and trust are in God. 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16 tells us, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. All right. I am not saying this is easy, and the reality is we don't know if or when the Lord is going to call your husband to salvation, all right? Your hope and trust must be in the Lord. But the hope is that in time, ladies, as you are being faithful and you are obedient to the Lord, that this attitude of respect and submission is going to become your natural default in relating to your husband. It's not natural for us in the flesh, right? It is cultivated by the work of the Holy Spirit within us. So again, take some time to read and study through these verses in 1 Peter, really the whole book, all right? John Piper has a look at the book series where he tears these verses apart in 1 Peter, and that was a real help to me in just putting this little section together, and I will put the links to those in the show notes. But it's worth repeating again. A submissive wife is a beautiful and powerful display of the gospel of Christ. All right, so continuing on what submission is. All right, so your submissive conduct can also have a profound effect on your husband who is a believer, but maybe he's not obeying God's word. It may actually provoke them to step up to be the leaders the Lord has called them to be. If you're always taking the lead and making the decisions, you don't even give your husband the opportunity to do so. So take a step back and submit to his leadership, seek his counsel, ask him questions, encourage him to make decisions. Maybe you could even offer some encouragement such as, you know, honey, I just want you to know that I delight when you take the initiative in our family. You do not have to say me word for word here, okay? You can say things like, I love when you take responsibility for things and lead. Or I'm so blessed when you make sure the family is heading in the way of wisdom. Encourage your husband, ladies. As we talked in the respect one, be his cheerleader. Encourage him. Um, Next, we're called to be submissive to our husbands in all things unless they're asking us to sin. So when we, we are to submit even in the very small and seemingly unimportant requests or directions from our husbands because they are important to him. When we fail to submit for any reason other than being providentially hindered, <laughs> we are not only being unsubmissive to our husbands, 
but we're disobeying our Lord. All right, so many times it can be easy for us to be submissive in the big decisions, but submission starts by us being faithful in the little things too. And these may be areas where only your husband knows that you're not submissive. Not only your husband knows, but God knows. Our faithfulness, even in the seemingly small areas of our lives, matters to God too. All right, now I know that there's going to be times that you're not going to agree with your husband's decision about something. There's going to be times when even the most submissive wife is going to hesitate at her husband's decision because to her, it looks unwise. Let me give you some guidance as what maybe that conversation might look like so you can properly express your concern and yet not compromise your attitude of submission. You could say something like, honey, I know You've put a lot of time and thought and prayer into this, and you know how grateful I am when you make decisions and plan for us and lead us, but I just don't have a peace about this decision and believe maybe we just need to pray more or wait longer or seek counsel more or whatever else you might think he needs to do. So ladies, even in your disagreements, you're still to make it clear that you honor him in his role. And you also make it clear that if he feels like he's done everything that needs to be done in order to reach his decision and you still disagree, then you willingly and gladly submit to his final decision. When my husband married me, he didn't want me to surrender my mind and my life and my dreams at the altar. He didn't ask me to become a doormat or a quiet little mouse or a companion who speaks only when he asks. I don't even know what that is, but that's not a marriage. My husband cherishes my thoughts and input and insight. I have given him counsel that he has been grateful for, some he has taken, some he's thankful he didn't, and some he probably wishes he had. But listen, here is another very important part of this. What if it looks like the counsel that you gave him that he ignored was the better direction? Should you rub that in his face? Should you tell him maybe next time you'll listen? No, honor him, cherish him, submit to him. Believe me, he already knows if he's made a poor decision and most likely if you give it some time, he'll admit it to you. And besides, you only see what you think you see and understand. Only God knows what the real outcome in any decision 10, 20, or 100 years down the road will be. And truly, only God knows what lessons might be learned through these decisions. Even what looks to be a poorly made decision could be turned into something fruitful and sanctifying because of God's love and mercy for his people. Romans 8, 28, God is working all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You see, our hope is in God, not in our husbands. They are fallible sinners, just as we are, right? They're going to make mistakes just as we do. And there's going to be many times that our husbands will make a decision and we don't agree. I cannot say that word decision today. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe that it just isn't our preference, or maybe we think we have a better idea. We may fear that it's going to result in adverse consequences. What enables us to submit in those times? It is our trust and dependence in God that helps us to submit at these times. God never wanted us to have complete dependence on our husbands, but God does want us to have complete dependence on Him. Submission is trust in God. He controls every detail of our lives. I really appreciate this quote from Jerry Bridges. He said, We can put this down as a bedrock truth. God will never allow any action against you that is not in accord with his will for you. And his will is 
always directed for our good, end quote. We must ask ourselves, ladies, am I prepared to trust God to lead my husband to lead me? Let me repeat that. Am I prepared to trust God to lead my husband to lead me? Remember, submission is simply a demonstration of our confidence in the sovereign power of the Lord God. We may not always feel like being submissive, but our feelings cannot be trusted. They can fluctuate from moment to moment. And you know what I'm talking about here, ladies. If we are living lives that are ruled by our feelings, our lives are going to be in chaos and against the principles of God's word. God's word must be my motivation. If my feelings are my motivation, they will most likely be sinful and selfish. This is why God's word tells us we must be continually renewing our minds. And Doug shared this last week in our time, but it's worth repeating here. We need to keep be being filled by the Holy Spirit. And how do we do this? By reading and meditation on and being obedient to God's word. When I make decisions by continually renewing my mind with God's word, my decisions will be focused on honoring Christ and not looking to meet my own needs. I will be focused on thinking of others, my husband here, right? More highly than myself. And in those moments that I don't feel like submitting and choose to submit out of obedience to Christ, true biblical joy will be a result in my life. Being submissive to my husband is a way to show love to him. 1 Corinthians 13.5 reminds us that love does not seek its own way. In those moments when it's hard to submit, meditate on God's word. Remind yourself, I can show love to my husband by being submissive to him. Take the time to memorize 1 Corinthians 13.4-7 and be reminded of it often in your marriage. Many times, ladies, we fail to see the importance of our submission because we are so focused on what our husband is doing wrong. Instead, we must learn to focus on our responsibility. Our husbands, like us, are sinners, so they will sin against us at times. And if we focus on our, our eyes on what our husband should be doing instead of what we should be doing, we will miss what God wants us to understand and do. Our obedience to God's call to submit to our husbands is not dependent on their conduct or behavior. My husband may do something or say something hurtful, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm to respond to him in a right way. His sinful response doesn't justify mine. When we are focused on God's word and not our feelings, we will be better equipped and ready to respond in a correct biblical way. If we're going to respond with our emotions leading us, it's going to most likely lead us into sin. Let me bring us back to my Elizabeth Elliot. Let's be reminded, ladies, to focus not on the 20% that our husbands are doing wrong, but let's focus on the 80% that they are doing right. And my last reminder on what submission looks like is the important reminder that submission to our husbands is voluntary. Remember the definition my dad gave is it means to line oneself up under. It's a military term. It expresses the idea of voluntarily giving up our own rights and bowing our will to another. We represent the response of the church to Jesus Christ by submitting to and respecting the leadership of our husbands. We choose submission to our own husbands over personal independence. As we submit to the Lord, ladies, submitting to our husbands becomes easier. 
let me remind you, it takes true strength to submit your will to another. It takes no effort to demand our own way and rights and respond in a selfish way. I know that too easily. That attitude comes natural to us in the flesh. It comes natural to me. (laughs) But it takes a strong woman submitted to the Lord to joyfully, lovingly, and willingly submit to her husband. It is a beautiful picture of a woman who trusts the Lord above all things. We need to be reminded to look beyond this life here and consider the eternal implications of our behavior in our marriages. All right, let me ask you some questions as we start coming to a close here. Is your home a safe place for your husband, or is it a place where he feels criticized and critiqued? Does your husband know that he can share anything with you without you rejecting him or trying to fix him? In the way you talk to and about him to others, do you show his God-created worth and value? Do you make it easy for him to fulfill his role as a leader in the home? Do you respond to him in a way that communicates respect and affirmation of his manhood? Okay, ladies, as I get ready to close, I want you to, to remind you here that God's word is the source that informs our beliefs and determines our behavior. The Bible defines our role as women. God's word must be the authority in our lives that determines how we live. I feel like I can't say that enough here because I understand this aspect of submission is so confused and it can be such a a challenging area to grasp and to voluntarily submit to submission, all right? Because remember, submitting will not always be easy, but there's always joy in glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. You should therefore commit yourself to learning submission not with a dread of what is to come, but with an anticipation of how you can best glorify your Lord. This is God's ordained purpose for us as wives. He's created an orderly world, and He alone has the sovereign right to determine how He wants you as a part of His creation to glorify Him. Our ultimate submission is our submission to God. Do we trust Him enough to say yes, Lord, to whatever plan He has for our lives? God can transform our hearts, ladies. If we embrace his plan for our lives and purpose to obey his commands, he will develop in us the beauty of submission. He will enable us to trust him to lead our husbands to lead us. Jesus is enough always. So thank you so much for your time today. You can find the show notes and resources mentioned at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you're just catching this episode in this series and you're kind of new here to the podcast, please check out all the other others in the marriage series over at the blog under the podcast tab in the menu bar or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and never miss an episode. All right. Next week, we're going to be working through communication in our marriages. And um, just a reminder here again, ladies, there's a fun online conference coming this fall of 2018. It's the Homemaking Ministries Deep Dive Summit. It's fully online, but you can also catch it live at September 25th through 28th. There's over 20 speakers covering areas of family life, homemaking routines, in the kitchen, and our identity in Christ. I'm going to be sharing two sessions um, in the Our Identity on Christ area, and my first one is on Idols of the Heart, and my other one is Preaching the Gospel to Ourselves. Good stuff that I love to be reminded of. So I'd love you to join us. You can find the information on the conference in the show notes and over at the blog. 
And then ladies, also, when you leave a review on iTunes, which I'm so grateful for, I'm going to say that to you 150 million times, it helps other Christian women to find the podcast and encourage them in their walk with the Lord. So thank you, thank you, tons, tons for those of you who have left reviews. I am so grateful for your time and doing that. And again, ladies, if you're on social media, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, or Twitter for all the latest updates and blog posts. So have a blessed week, my dear friends. 